parallel there. So I'm back looking at stent backlash review. It's backlash 2002. Then bother with 2001 because it's not that good of a show to be honest. I won't run up. It's coming off like to me the greatest WrestleMania ever. WrestleMania 17 and that really wasn't that much good of a show. But no, I like 2001 as a year much better than 2000. But there was nothing really major at that show. But backlash 2002. Coming off a great WrestleMania 18, and 2002 is actually a year I like quite a lot in the WWE. In fact, they were still WWE at this time, but they go on to become WWE later on, not long after this later in the year. But still, the show kicked off with the Cruiserweight title, Tajiri versus Billy Kidman. This was something I completely forgotten about as well. I just said Tajiri was with Tori Walker at this time, and then Kidman was had her as a like, servant thing like that. This was actually good stuff. Tajiri, like I said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Tajiri's the greatest Japanese wrestler ever. He actually got it when it comes to the entertainment factor. He had a character. He was entertaining, whether he was doing stuff like this with Cody Wilson, and he was versatile as well. All the comedy stuff he done in the volume video when he first came into the WWE. Tajiri's great. He, he, he wins here, good for him. Good stuff. Yeah. Decent enough opening match. You know, they actually had a character in the Cruiserweight Division this time. You imagine like some Australians and TGP and metal and all that garbage movies that have that on Raw a few years back. Ah, there you have it. But you don't need a character in the, in the main events in WWE you know, for the most part, so there you have it. It is what it is. Up next you've got Scott Hall versus uh, Bradshaw. This is weird because you had Scott Hall taking on Austin at WrestleMania. And now he's basically now taking on Bradshaw. This is pre-JBL, but you, you wouldn't become a JBL in the main event for two more years as well. So this is tag team guy Bradshaw, even though the was great and everything like that. But honestly, this match was shit. Again, maybe you were wanting to give him a pay-per-view win so and everyone else was full because the, the roster was absolutely jam-packed at this time. But still, you've got this. Yeah, this, this match just was not was not good. And of course, even though I liked 2002 a lot, when NW first came in it was cool, but they once Hogan, you had to turn Hogan babyface and then everyone just went to shit after it, it became a complete mess and it quickly disbanded, which was probably the best really. But uh, yeah, this was shit, That's, I have to say. Up next, we also got RVD versus Eddie Guerrero in the front metal title. This was actually a pretty strong, enjoyable match, I liked this match. RBD had just won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania, and it's Eddie Guerrero was a great challenge for us, and Eddie ends up winning, which to be honest, I can't remember who won this as well, watching this match, so Eddie ends up winning, which you could argue, a bit of a surprise after RBD had won beforehand, but then giving him such a short title reign after the big WrestleMania win, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. And that was one thing, they did do quite a lot of short titles, especially the world title, I would say, at this point in so, But you know, this was a good match, I enjoyed this quite a bit, so there you have it. And we've also got Edge versus Kurt Angle here. This was Edge, was just really not on the king of singles guy here. He knew he was going to be a major star, he wasn't quite ready for the top billing yet, but actually this really helped. Of course, Kurt Angle as well. He kind of went down to the mid card a little bit at this point after his great title rings and like, yeah, 2002, 2001, but, <clears throat> but still here, fantastic match, this was brilliant, you knew that, and this was maybe in many ways the first big test for Edge or his own to see if he belonged first rivalry, and he absolutely did. This match was superb, 
Absolutely brilliant. And I hope the video package as well. You need stuff where uh, just playing tricks on angle and getting him to pick up things where it looks like he's saying I suck and things like that as well. And brilliant stuff. Comedy done well. Even if it's immature, it was actually genuinely witty and funny. I like the shit we do nowadays. So, you know, fit around the one edge. Great stuff. You know. Enjoyed that a lot. Really, really great stuff. So, cannot complain. Also, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. I know so that as well. You had Ric Flair was the record he was with us. This was to be the next number one contender. They had a little thing there. This is where they had the undisputed title. But they would also have, like, such as SmackDown would get one, the, 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 ch the challenger one time, Raw would get it in the next month type thing, which was good actually. That would be fresh, I actually liked it. That only lasted a few months, but that was something that I actually liked. And it meant you'd get a fresh, big pay per view main title match every month. And you could definitely do that here with this. The, the star power was off the charts with it this time. And they'd just not only done the brand split after WrestleMania, which was great. It had that memory of that great segment loss and was uh, meant to be a, a free agent. And they had this great segment in the Vince, and Vince was owner of SmackDown, Rick Blair was owner of Raw. And then the spirit segment when Austin, and it was done on April Fool's Day. Pretend he was going to go with it, man, but then he just says April Fool's stunned him. And then he's with Rick Flair, Rick Flair's all celebrating. He signs the contract, then he just stuns Rick Flair anyway, which led to this. So, yeah, you've got Austin Taker here. Really good match, really entertaining. Austin Taker always worked well together. So, this was incredible, well done, very good stuff here. <laughs> And the one thing with Austin Taker matches, they had their plenty of pay-per-view matches down the years, but they never fought each other for like three or four pay-per-views in a row. Not this wasn't like John Cena, Randy Orton in 2009, when it got fucking ridiculous. At least it was spread out enough, not to the point where they were fighting each other all the time. Even though they have had several pay-per-view matches, at least it was spread out over a number of four or five years. So. It, Still, and it was it was usually a long enough time before but the time that they actually had another match, and there was different dynamics sometimes yeah, with the characters as well. Sometimes it was face versus heel, Austin was the face, Taker was the heel the year before, Taker was the face, Austin was the heel, and even here. Uh, so there was, and even at, at SummerSlam, there were both faces, at SummerSlam, so there was always a different dynamic. Actually, it was good. We got here on the Taker wins because like Austin. He's getting pinned by Austin's boots on the rope. Ric Flair misses it and it all ties into the whole conspiracy of Ric Flair screwing Austin here or whatever. Which was a you can see Austin feuding with an authority figure, you could sort of see this was not long before Austin ended up leaving a couple of months as well in 2002. So I think, I think Austin was quite at his best here and you could actually see something here. Into, as much as I enjoyed this year, I actually just think Austin was not that great before then. This has been not long after starting the whole walk and it was fucking insufferable. It was, it was never good that walk down. It was just awful. But you know, you've got Austin Undertaker here. The match was match itself was good, they've had much better matches than years. Another thing is where you can sort of see the Austin politic in here. Taker gets the win but Austin has to get the star at the end and then have his music play at the end, it's like yeah, whatever. <laughs> you can start to see Austin's politics in you. But, whatever. That is what it is. The match was good, though. No, no complaints about it. Uh, earlier on the card, 
had uh, Brock Lesnar first ever pay-per-view match when he uh, beat Jeff Hardy, he just absolutely destroyed him. So for him, because that was basically what it needed to be, just absolutely decimated him. So, remember he debuted not long after the, the WrestleMania and made a big impact and beat the shit out of the Hardys and things like that. So, this was a great way to showcase him at the first time. You, you, you knew it was going to be a major thing, but, but didn't want to be world champion by summer form, but one of the quickest rises to the top ever, in fact, the quickest rise to the top ever when you think about it. Maybe his main event, winning the Rumble and main event in WrestleMania the year after this. So, yeah, yeah, really incredible stuff there. What else can you say? So, you then come to, there was a, in between, uh, I kind of jumped a bit with order here because I kind of forgot, forgot about the Brock Lesnar match to be honest with you. But um, there's a tag title match, Billy and Chuck versus Al Snow and Maven. Billy and Chuck win, pretty forgettable, but Billy and Chuck were an entertaining team, so fair play. And the main event was Hulk Hogan versus Triple H. So look at the star finish here. You've got Austin Undertaker, you've got Angle and Edge in the mid card. This was before an Edge was sort of building up, and you would go on to become a huge star. Now you've got Hogan Triple H first time ever. This is an amazing stuff. Matches that before 2002 you didn't even know it would be even possible. So you know, now we're seeing it. And this is a post WrestleMania show. Whereas nowadays it's like what Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Is that uh, this year's bad match? Gives a fuck. Seriously, but this is. Uh, the matches are good. It's an entertaining match. There was a promo earlier in the night when Jericho came out and Jericho had just lost the title to Triple H earlier in the, in the month, uh, sorry, the month before at WrestleMania, he interferes and he was, he did have a promo when he's talking about how, how he's not booked for the card. See that's the thing though, they didn't, weren't able to fit him in, but they didn't have a rivalry or whatever from him at this point, however, they still managed to fit him in, which and they actually made the thing saying, Oh, well, I was a champion this month, blah blah, this is ridiculous, and it played into the finish, remaining event. So it was fine. The fact he wasn't booked for a match was actually fine here because they actually addressed the situation and they made a bit of a storyline out of it. There you go, it's not just somebody just getting forgotten about like often they do nowadays. So, and people, if they lose a title or stop getting pushed, they go, they go down dramatically. So they'd have a dramatic fall from grace. This was almost like gradual in many ways. And they actually at least addressed the, the situation and tied into the character. And it tied into the main event. And it worked. Of course, Undertaker made it uh, interfered as well. He attacked Triple H. He wanted Hogan to win it. Because he's won the title from Hogan before. And he thought it would be easier winning it from an old man. That was sort of that explanation from this. And Hogan gets a title. You know what? It's fine. Again, you could argue Triple H is getting from return from injury, winning the Rumble, he went to WrestleMania, and then loses the title a month later. Yeah, you could argue that. You could argue that's a bit pointless. But then again, you're in uncharted territory here where Hogan's coming was coming back with such a special thing. They had to turn him face after what happened at WrestleMania, and you know, giving him a almost in the nostalgia. Yeah. The nostalgia it was at its, at its peak here. You go with the strike with an iron shot and you put the belt on them to give a feel good moment. So, there you have it. As I said, they did swap the belt about quite a, a lot in 2002 because Undertaker would win it and from Hogan at Judgment Day. But you know, as long as the show's entertaining, does it really matter? That's my, always my thing. And the show was entertaining here. Other than the Scott Hall thing was a bit shit, but whatever. Overall, this is a strong, strong show. You would be follow up to this one in the 18. You're expecting. Division 2 very strong here. 
the year I always liked to go back and revisit him from the WWF as it was and then the E as it would become later in the year so a big thumbs up for this show if you've never seen it definitely should watch that so coming up next we've got Backlash 2003 which also featured another huge first time of them match the fact that believe it was the only time of them match Goldberg versus The Rock so there you have it so here's a point here Rock was away because the Scorpion King was due to come out at this time and he was away doing other projects as well for a few months and Here's the thing, as huge star as The Rock is, his absence actually wasn't that keenly felt at this time because of the star film. Says a lot there. Says a lot. But there you go. Big thumbs up, Backlash 2002. Coming up next, Backlash 2003. That'll be sometime during the week. Thank you ever so much for taking the time.